Hey, Forging Fury family, welcome to 2020. This is Michael and Riley coming at you. We've got some big plans for 2020 for the podcast. I know you've got big plans for your lives. We've oh, got yeah. big plans for ours. Riley, what are we doing? We have launched a Patreon page, patreon.com slash Forging Fury. And what is that going to do? It's going to give you an opportunity to join our Forging Fury family. Support what we're doing. You know, you love this podcast. We love it. You want to be on our team? You want to be on the Forging Fury family? Kind of hop on patreon.com slash Forging Fury and, and join our sticker gang. What's going on with the sticker gang? That's right. Sticker club, man. We have sticker gang, sticker club, whatever you want to call it. We've created, for some reason, for two guys with faces for radio, we decided to create stickers with our heads on it. So we got bobblehead stickers um, that we're making available. You can put them on your cups, your computers. Anywhere, really your spouses, whatever. Yeah. So what that's going to do, that sticker is going to kind of be kind of a token of our gratitude for you helping us out. We are in a position where this podcast is just taken off. We've not even been a year in and it's going to take us to a whole nother level. Yep. Dive into that a little bit more, Michael. Yeah, we have lots of plans for 2020. We uh, we want to expand uh, the content we're bringing to you. We may get into some video content, uh, more drop-ins mm-hmm. at other gyms. We'd yep. like to do some traveling outside the state of Arizona, if possible, and just kind of spread our message to more people and just hear more stories. 2020, you guys, come support us. Be a part of our team. Forging Fury is uh, was welcoming all team members. That's right. Go to patreon.com slash Forging Fury to yeah. join the sticker club. Hell yeah. Love you guys. Mean it. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. Coming at you live. Turn your speakers up to the Forging Fury. Forging Fury, Forging Fury podcast. Hola, bienvenidos a mi podcast. Esta un podcast bilingual. <laughs> ¿Qué pasa, gente dulce? Soy Coach Riley y en este episodio de Forging Fury tenemos un invitado muy especial. Whoa, whoa, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who let this guy in whoa, here? Whoa, that's not how we do this What's either. happening? What is going on, sweet people? This is Coach Riley and on today's episode of the Forging Fury podcast, we actually have one of my best friends. Another one of my best friends. I know we only interview my friends apparently, but we have Andres Carlesi in the building or... El está en mi casa. Yeah. Yeah, in my house. He's pretty bold to just come in and take over the podcast like that. Just right? do the intro by himself. Sounded like he's been doing this his whole life. I love it. All right, Andres, this is your time to shine. What's going on, buddy? Muy bien, muy bien. Hey, I'm really good. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> well, Andres actually is from Santiago, Chile. He's visiting me for the week. He took his whole holiday from work to come visit me in Goodyear, Arizona. So the guy must really like me or... Just have nothing better to do. So right. really. <laughs> Probably the second one, but. Probably, yeah. So how's uh, your vacation been so far? It's been great. Um, we went to Sedona on Sunday. We be, uh, we went top golfing, so that's been yeah. really cool. Yeah, Andres um, destroyed me in top golf. He wants everyone to know that. <laughs> I saw that. You've got good golf form. I like that. Well, you, let's. You've look, got a good home here in, in Arizona. Let the, record, let the record show he's taking lessons professionally. That was like only two times, but still. <laughs> but still, more than me. Yeah, it's two times professionally. He was literally hitting it to the back of, the, like hitting the TVs in the back. You can actually hit the TVs. Oh well, I mean, there's a net before the TVs, but, but he was. I've never known it. anybody to hit it that far. Yeah, so. you can <laughs> crank it. Nice. Um, what was your favorite part about Sedona? Um, the can, can you think what was the name? Braid. Cathedral Rock? Cathedral Rock. Cathedral yeah, Rock. that was crazy. Like all the work, you had to climb a lot, and then you go to the top, and that view was really, really good. Yeah, so loved it. Yeah, we went su- Saturday to no Sunday, S- Sunday to Sunday, Sedona. Yeah. yeah, we we climbed Devil's Bridge, which was cool because it was so cold that there was snow on the trail. Yeah, yeah it was I cold. Yeah, it was so damn cold. We got to the top and there was like a line of like twenty people to take the photo, and everyone's freezing their asses off. Like everyone's like almost shaking. the The mountain was blocking the sun, so we're sitting there and and in this line, and everyone's freezing. Uh, Andres didn't want to go out to the like the picture. He was like, "No, I'm too scared." I'm like, "Dude, we didn't walk up the, all this way to for you to not take the picture." So. I wasn't scared. Now, I know I, Chile's got a lot of different uh, types of land. I know there's high mountains. Is Santiago lower, like close to the beach? Like, I don't know the area. So, like Santiago is in, in, in a valley, okay, pretty similar to here, and we are like I would say like one hour away from the beach but also one hour away from the mountains. Do you get snow down in the valley, down in Santiago? We did. Like, when, when Riley was there um, two years ago. But not uh, often? Not often, no. Okay. Maybe like once every two years, once a year. So when I showed up, it was the first time it snowed 
at, like in a very very long time in Santiago, yeah. and it was a hell of a storm. Like wow, it lined the streets. Like people could barely get to. We could, but we still made time to make it to a CrossFit gym. Nice. We walked in snow to go work out, and you probably yeah. had to run too, right? Yeah. No, we didn't. We kept it inside. When I dropped in in Salt Lake City, they'll run outside in the middle of the winter, and that's insane. Savages. They're they're insane. So, but. Andres, tell us a little about uh, growing up in Santiago and, and what kind of sports did you play and, and things like that. Well, well, I asked him a question this morning is when do you learn English? So kind of just go into like your childhood schooling and things like that. Yeah, well, I went to a British school. So for in our school, it was mandatory to play rugby. We had to do that like we had no choice. So the first, first third of the year, we had to play soccer. Then second, third, we had to play rugby. And then the last third, we had to, pl- to do like track and field. Mm. And that was mandatory for like everybody. You couldn't choose. So I did that. Um, also, my father taught me how to snow ski. So I did that since I was like really little. And hey, next time you come up here, you got to go to Utah in the wintertime. Yeah, I heard it's really good. That's a place to ski, man. You'd love That's that. That's a place, yeah. Do you still ski now? I do. Yeah, not, oh. not as often as I do, but Have you skied, as I did. Riley? I've snowboarded one time in my life, and it was it was pretty hard. It was actually in Chile in this uh, town called Pucón, which is a volcano. Yeah. So I snowboarded on a volcano in Chile with nice. Andres. Well, he skied, like he flew up and down the mountain, and I was just doing it for the first time. So maybe going 10 feet, 15 feet at a time, it was struggle bus. I say we do a road trip, man. I'm all right with it. I'll do I'd some- love to go watch you go skiing. Oh, it's tough, man. It is rough. It is. Yeah, the, the good thing about Chile is that like you have all these landscapes, so it's really easy to get from one place to another. So from here, if you are like in California, you have to travel a lot to go skiing, right. or like to do I don't know if you are in New York, maybe you have to travel a lot to do hikings. But in Chile, like one hour and you have something to do, right? right? Because of the landscape, like you have snow and an hour and. And then the beach. 50 minutes, yeah. two hours away, you have the beach. Nice. Yeah. Utah's a little bit like that. It's got a bunch of different landscape from high mountains to like desert looking things mm-hmm. all in the same state. But yeah, and not, you said 50 miles just to go from one place to the other, right? Uh, like 50 minutes. 50 minutes. Yeah, yeah, not even probably that. That's crazy. Um, tell, and we were talking about this earlier at lunch, like when did you start learning English? Like, so yeah, my school, how I said my school was British. So we, all our classes were in English since we were like, like primary school, mm. that's how you call yeah, it? Yeah. yeah, primary school was English uh-huh. until high school. Like 100% English or like 50-50? Everything in English but Spanish and religion. That's okay. amazing. Like, wow. yeah. did you, so you grew up learning English. Did your parents know very good English at all? Or like you went home and like could say things to your parents in English and they wouldn't know what you're talking no, about? No, my father did. My okay. father did. Uh, he had some businesses here in the state, so he did. He, he knew pretty well English. My, fa- my mother didn't. So... You go to kind of this English school and you ended up going to university in Chile as well. Tell us a little yeah. bit about college and what did you study there and, and tell us how that ended for you. <laughs> yeah, um, I studied business and administration. It has a different name in, in Chile though, but... What's it called? It's called like um, commercial engineering, mm. which is weird. It's the only country in the world that has that. <laughs> Sounds so cool though. It's not like engineering really, but we call it that way. I don't know why. And yeah, I did that. And it went well. I came here to study for for one year. I did an abroad program, one year exchange program, and that's where I met Riley. So you were in South Carolina when you did that. I went to South Carolina, yeah, for okay. a whole year. Nice. So I was, was wondering how you guys had met. Yeah, so we met at University of South Carolina, and Andres was like, <laughs> he would almost laugh at how easy the coursework was here. Really? He was like, I don't have to study. Like, this is so easy. Like, what's wrong with all these people? Like, him and our buddy, other buddy Italo, were like, we don't even like need to go to class. Like, this is so easy. Like, they always had time to do whatever they wanted because school just seemed so easy. Right. Yeah, it was funny because in Chile we studied just to pass, just to get what. what what's the grade here? Like to a pass. C. Like a C, yeah. yeah. But here we studied to get like everything correct. Wow. Because it was <laughs> like, it was possible. Yeah. In Chile, it's, I would say impossible to get an A, like A plus to get everything correct in a test. First, because it's everything written. Right. So you don't have like uh, multiple choice questions. Okay. At least in my degree. And here it was everything multiple choice. So that makes it like <laughs> a little bit, even if you don't know anything, you'll have a 25% chance of getting it right. So right. until if you do, didn't know anything, like you're going to have it wrong. That's how we like to do things in America. Yeah. We don't like to just straight up fail. Yeah, just give <laughs> yeah. us a chance at least, 25%. So teachers were kind of subjective on their grading. So if you're if they thought you were close to an answer, but not quite, they'd give you like yeah, that was nine a, out of 10 points. That was a thing because like, even if you had the correct answer, but you wrote it differently from 
some of your friends, you could still get got it wrong. So yeah. that was like kind of weird, but I just like I was acknowledging the other night when we were having dinner of like how hard it must have been for Andres to take a like a college style lecture hall class like uh, there's 300 students in this class and you're listening to a professor in a language that like isn't your first language like how how could could you see yourself going into a lecture hall full of people taking a lecture in Spanish well no I I don't know enough Spanish to even, to <laughs> well, even, even maintain you, like a kindergarten class. Well, even if you did, like how, how scary would that be intimidating? Like I yeah. would be freaked out and then it, it was just easy for him. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Why did you go to a British school? Like what was there a reason why you went? Was it private? It? Like a private school? Yeah. Private school. Um, just because of English. My father, like the, the school, your, I, your parents' choice to do that. Yeah. My okay. father's choice really. Okay. Like the school wasn't really good. It was like a lot of focus on sports. And English. Okay. So my father said, like, even if you don't learn anything in your life, but you learn English, you'll be fine. <laughs> Which is kind of true. Like, in Chile, you can get really good jobs just if you know English. Right. So maybe you're not, like, really smart, but you know English. I think, I think we're getting into an era here in the United States where if you learn Spanish, you're it's the same kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Like, it puts you ahead of the game for sure. Yeah, it really? definitely does. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. Being bilingual is, is pretty important, especially here in Arizona. But bilingual or Spanish specifically? Uh, oh, bilingual. I yeah. mean, bi they yeah. don't just generally just teach Spanish. Well, I think that there's not a lot of French. There's not a lot of Italian used uh, in the United States. German. Overall. Yeah, like, like, yeah, learn Spanish. <laughs> yeah. That's the most, I mean, we've got Mexico as a border. Like, a lot of Spanish is being spoke in, spoken? Spoken. Spoken in Arizona a lot. So, I feel like that's, why wouldn't you, why would you learn French? I know there's some True. high schools. I think the one my son's going to go to, he might be able to take Mandarin Chinese, which would be a, that's a secondary, a, that's like a the very important That's language. the biggest business language in the world. So, yeah. um, just recently uh, finished up his studies. He graduated. How did that go for you? Yeah, it went well. <laughs> I finished, uh, what's, I don't know the name in English. Valedictorian. Yeah, valedictorian. Really? Yeah. yeah. Nice. So, out of how many students are in your class? Um, they were around 350. 350. You're friends with some really smart people. <laughs> dude, there's me, <laughs> there's Andres. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> dude, I keep telling you, I keep getting smart friends. I'm not sure why you guys don't hang out with a dummy like me. I'm trying to bring yeah. you up, buddy. Yeah, so I walked last time. Well, the first time we were in Chile, like, they showed me their school. They're like, yeah, this is where we go to school, blah, blah, blah. We walk in. We walk into this building. There's a picture of Andres on this, like, big board. Like, <laughs> like this picture of him, and, like, he's doing something important. And I'm like... Dude, what the heck? He's like, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of a big deal here. I don't know, but I'm smart. I'm really smart. So We got to get that in here in the gym, just yeah. something of yeah. you. It was, I think it was when you did the CrossFit class and like something, like you did it for a project or something. That, that picture? Yeah. Yeah, it was when I, I did like a really small like seminar in, the, in college. Yeah. Because CrossFit's not really big there, so, so we did like small talk. We were talking earlier about kind of secondary college. So like in Chile, is there such thing as like a master's degree or like a... Yeah, could, yeah. You, could, could you have kept going to school if you wanted to? Yeah, you, could, you can, but most people get their like master's or anything like after school, mm. after college, um, somewhere el like elsewhere than Chile, mm. somewhere abroad. Yeah. Can you get, uh, does like a degree from Chile look good in other countries? Not really. No? No, no. Okay, really. so like what if you were to interview here for a job in the U.S., was it like? I, I mean like our business school. It's really good. Mm. So the the school I went to for business, it's the top in. It's like the best for in South America. Wow! But still, five hundred in the world. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, what about USC? Was pretty big in the United States. It was a good business school, right? Yeah, that, I think it was really really good. I think it's the best in the country. The yeah, international my, business. I I think it's, that's for like um, postgraduate mm. stuff, but still like pretty pretty big. Yeah, kind of drives me nuts that we care about. The place you got a degree, like I can understand why that would be important. Like I got a degree from Harvard. Okay, great, but you you may still suck at what you do. Like just because you went to Harvard doesn't mean you're going to be competent at anything. Yeah. What skills do you think you learned that were most important in college? Well, I, I um before that, what you said, I think that's because at least how I see it is that like good universities put you through a lot of work, and it only proves you can do like so much work. Or like you can do whatever they they told you to do. Right. For example, for us, um, maybe the school wasn't like that hard. Like what we were studying, it wasn't like like rocket science things. But we had a lot of work to do, and we were able to do it. And some of my friends who weren't in like really good university colleges, they did like less work. So it just proves that if you go to a good 
good college, you are able to do a lot of stuff. And mm-hmm. I think that's like most um, companies are looking for mm. someone who can do stuff. Yeah, you if know. you got that Ivy League degree, people are like, oh, I mean, they're they're worthy of Ivy Maybe League. they don't know more about business or whatever yeah. they studied, but they can do stuff for sure. Like, And that's what the degree proves. Yeah. I, just I, I think it, so. I find it interesting because I'm working in a field that I have got zero official formal educational training in. Mm. So... And we were talking, like we were talking, like some of the most successful people we know don't have college degrees. Yeah. Like, they got one semester. Like a big friend of ours, Steve Keys, he has one semester of college, and, and the guy's a very successful businessman. Nice. Like, what? Do you, how do you? How do you defend that? Like, with people like, oh, you should go to college, kids. You should always go to college. And then you have someone super successful. Do you think there's just not as many people like that, or, you know, I, I think it's. There's probably not a lot of, there's a lot of people, there's not a lot of people that can pull that off. Mm. True. Yeah. I think it's, it's like, but that guy didn't need college to be great at what he does. I'm sure. No, he's, he's just a good, good guy to be honest. Uh, but back to that question, what do you think you, what, what skills do you think you learned through going to college? Like how, what skills are going to keep paying off after college? Um, I think the main one would be like being able to solve problems, Mm. you know, like, putting something in front of you that some people think they can do it, like think they can solve it because it's really hard or too much work and just put, like put your head down and do work mm. that like that um, school teaching teach me that mm. to just like put head down and work and do it. Honestly, the, the biggest thing I took away from college was just learning how to manage time. Like, when you're hungover? Well, I mean, <laughs> I did a lot of that in college, but like just knowing like, hey, I've got to go to class from X amount of time to X amount of time. I got to go to work from X amount of time, X amount of time. I know that if I need to get anything else done, like I have to do it. I have to study within those windows. I have, yeah. to, do the, I have to do the work then or I'm not going to have any other time. It was very shocking when I went to college with how much time I was responsible for. Like I just wasn't ready for that. So I totally feel you there. Yeah, I mean, and then if you know if you don't do it, then you're not going to do it. Right. And you're just going to go out that night. Who cares if you got any of your work done? Right, yeah. Yeah. Did you um, did you enjoy South Carolina? Like, USC, would you say that was a good experience? Yeah, it was the best year of my life. Yeah. I, we, I loved it, yeah. So it was really, really good. The How me and Andres actually met is that they were exchange students there, and him and Italo, our other buddy that we'll reference a lot in this episode, they came to Carolina CrossFit. Well, Andres started first, yeah. He started for a couple yep. weeks, and Andres comes in. I mean, this guy looks like a big bag of hammers, big old strong guy. And the first time I meet Andres, he's we're doing a one rep max weighted pull up, and like Andres comes in, and I mean, he's already kind of built. He's got muscles, and he's loading up. I think it's a hundred and fifty, hundred sixty pound weighted pull up. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, Andres, man, like you're really strong. Like, why? How are you so strong? And he just looks at me like serious, like not <laughs> kidding at all. And he says. A lot of water skiing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. you know what? That makes sense, actually. Uh, but, yeah, and then yeah. I was like, dude, I got to start water skiing. This dude is too strong. Because I've been water skiing and I can't do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just holding on to that rope and right. like having that tension like builds that bicep strength for sure. Maybe but like he was like, like straight, like his face was so serious. You weren't and expecting that. And he sounds like a bad villain from a, like a superhero movie. <laughs> a lot of water skiing. And then it was just silence. He didn't even laugh or anything. He was so serious. And then so, he just goes and does a 160 yeah, pound weight. Yeah, I mean, he kept up. going. And then he kept throwing some more weight on there, more weight on there. And just we just got interacted. And, and then I just, like, we just became friends. And then Italo came to the gym as well. And we just became, like, the three best friends. Like That's cool. I took them everywhere. And they came to my house and met my mom. And they just they just came. came. See, I've never even met his mom, so way to go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had a lot of free time in South Carolina. We didn't know anybody really. And I don't go out at all. So it was like working out, school, eating, working out, school, eating. Mm-hmm. So I spent probably like five, six hours every day at the gym. <laughs> and just like did the class, did my own program, was with Riley, all the coaches there. And everybody was like so cool that it was like really great to be there all day. Nice. Yeah. yeah, those are those are good times. We had some good training partners back then. We'll shout out George Hartshorn from CCF, Brandon Simmons. Um, who else? Brandon. Yeah, Brandon. <laughs> we already talked about him. Um, who else was a big uh, big guy back there? I mean, Zach Griffith, Steve Keys, Joey. You know, our all goes. Our guys maybe. I think we've had like half of them on the podcast yeah, right. so far. <laughs> yeah, good. Well, maybe we'll have all of them on there. But they're just good dudes. We had a good time, and and it was good to see like 
Andres and Itolo, like, get this family. Like, they, they got this CrossFit family. Like, yeah. we adopted them into our, our family, and they, I mean, they actually like have been there forever. Yeah. It's, it's crazy that CrossFit can do that to people. It, like, brought these people from the other side, well, below us, like, in another side of the world, and this could build a bond. Yeah. Like, I love that. Yeah. And so, in return, you let him come down to Chile, and you treated him like family. Do you have any good stories about when Riley was down there that, that you can tell? Uh, I have some. That won't make him look too bad. Cuidado, hermanos. <laughs> I have some stories, but I don't know if I can tell them here. <laughs> Maybe. But I mean, it was fun. What about it food? Did you fun. have some kind of food you've never had when oh, you were down there? So we, I eat pretty much everything. And when, yeah, you'll I, eat anything. Yeah, I'm pretty flexible on vacation. When I go on vacation, I eat. Like, you know, I'm not tracking or like anything like that. I just, I'll go for it, which is very out of my character. Uh, but one meal comes to mind. We went to this restaurant called Wani Media. Juan y medio. Juan y medio, which is like a person, one and a half. Like the, yeah. the guy is so fat that he looks like one and a half people. Right. So the portions here were, were huge. What did I eat? Like He ate... Um, Palta reina. Yeah, what do you call it? Palta reina. It's like um, avocado with tuna. And it's like two, yeah, two avocados with tuna and some tomato on it. So it's like pretty big. Uh, and then he had a, <laughs> what do we call pollo a lo pobre. It's like chicken something whatever yeah and it's chicken with onions eggs and chips wasn't it yeah french fries french fries yeah, yeah. and it's pretty awesome and i'm telling you the portion size here when i got the plates like andres italo and and andres's girlfriend mika looked at me like there's no way you're going to eat all that <laughs> yeah. and guess what you're like riley immediately after that <laughs> yeah i was well i was definitely like so swollen from all the sodium and that but but I ate it all, and it was delicious. And yeah, when I go on vacation, dude, I go for it. That's cool. Um, what else? I've been there twice. So oh, you have? Okay. Yeah. So we, um, me and Megan went down there once, and we went to this little Be- because of him, though. I mean, oh like, yeah, both times he was your connection. Oh, dude, both times I've come down there, like him and Italo treated me like family. That's cool. And just and here's something like I want to talk about this because I I've always I felt it, and I didn't know what it was like until it was there. It's like. Italo's family, Andres' family, like they've never met me before. And I came down there for the holidays, like the most like important time for families. And I came in there and they treated me like I was one of their kids. Cool. Like would say like, hey, what do you need? Like I stayed there, like all their family gatherings. I'm now there and like everyone's like so nice to me. Like uh, I think the word is like cariñoso. Like cariñoso, yeah. Yeah, like so caring and loving and like even the family dynamics within their family, like everyone says I love you before you go to bed, like gives you a hug and a kiss before you go to bed. And like, just like they really love each other. Down yeah. There. We're a touching culture. Like we, we like to touch, like hug people, kiss people. I think you don't do. No, we, they even do like, yeah. the, mwah, like the, like you kiss, which I got That's wrong good. a couple times, <laughs> which well, is weird. On purpose. <laughs> yeah, maybe like mwah, with the tongue. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But like, I, that was new for me. Like oh, your mom was pretty upset about that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, right. You know, <laughs> That's my mom, man. Yeah, that's it's weird. <laughs> yeah, that's weird when you have to do the... Well, it's just one side or both sides? Uh, yes, one side. Okay, just... Like, and you actually I, touch I, lips to the cheek or is it just more like cheek to cheek? Yeah, and you tell make us a, the rules. Tell sound. us the rules. It's not real... Uh, I mean, yes, like cheek and cheek. Yeah. But some people do lips and cheek. <laughs> See, and I put the lips on the cheek, man. You're not supposed to And do Riley that. does like lips and lips, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has his own Guys, rule. girls, doesn't really... <laughs> hey, I'm glad to meet you. He fits in well down there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, what you else? You don't you don't do that to me, but you know maybe we'll do that hey, as a podcast. When I'm feeling a different culture, I dive into the culture. When in Rome or when in Santiago, you be at the Santiago's. Yeah, Riley, you can talk about that road trip we took. Well, which one? To Bucon <laughs> or Bucon? Oh, yeah. Gosh. Well, how good was it? Bucon was. <laughs> it's this little mountain town down south in like the southern part of Chile. Yeah, very is, very south. I mean, and this time that we went, we were chasing winter. So like, it was our summertime here in America, but it was their winter. I mean, I mean, me and Megan, like, we packed our bags. Like, yeah, we got a plenty enough cold stuff. It's going to be fine. We'll be warm. We showed up there, dude. And it was the coldest I've ever been in my life. You had to, like, kill a llama to stay alive? <laughs> we stayed in this, this like, this log cabin that had only been heated by a wood stove. And that still wasn't enough. We slept with every item of clothes that we brought the whole time we were there. It was four or five days. Me and Megan never been so cold. <laughs> I swear, like, it shifted. Or so close. Yes. Like, we, I shifted my cold meter to what I think are cold. But, I mean, Pucón was a beautiful place. I mean, like I said, we snowboarded on a volcano, which is amazing. And then we went to these things called termas, which are, like, little, um, 
Hot Springs? Hot Springs, yeah. Tell the story, Andres. People want to hear you talk, not me. <laughs> yeah, we went to these hot springs that they're like naturally warm with the volcano heat, like with the lava of the volcano. And they from this, this is in the same area as where you went skiing, or is that a different it's area? Same area, like yeah. okay. maybe like thirty minutes away, something mm-hmm. like that. But it's okay. still in Bugon. Okay. And these like hot springs naturally made by the by the volcano. We went there at night. It was maybe like ten p.m. Yeah. Everything was dark, was dark, full of snow. Um, we walked in the snow for like thirty, forty minutes. We we're, were we're half naked. Lost. Oh in, yeah. In like fourteen, tw- like ten degrees Fahrenheit. Wow, that's so cool. We got to this like little house and asked like the person who was there like where are the hot springs and she said like just keep walking like 10 minutes so we took all of our clothes kept walking 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 and we were like where are we? And Riley was just like let's just keep walking we're going to find them somewhere. We found them got into the hot springs and they were like amazing. You could see the sky. There wasn't anybody probably like 50 miles around. Wow. There was no light at all, so you could watch the sky. It was, Every star it in was the awesome. sky was like, you didn't even need a phone because like, the stars were so bright. Sure. Like, you could see everything. It was almost like, like reverse that, dark. Like the moon wasn't out? It was just star, yeah, stars. stars. Yeah. Oh, good. my God. And it, it showed you the path. Like, you could see around, like, more than with lights on. It was. Have you ever seen the stars like that? Like, so bright that it's... Probably light. not like that, but I have... Yes, it, it's, we don't understand what we have <laughs> above us here in the yeah, city very often. Sure. Mm, yeah, for um, sure. But... The trip down to the Tenemas was, was really nice, and getting in them was nice, but the part that we didn't really think about is when you get out. Yeah, you're wet now. Yes, now wet in f- freezing temperatures. Crazy. And, and, and then we try to put all of our clothes back on, still wet, <laughs> and it just we didn't think about it. Like, we were just all freezing our ass wow. off, and a bunch of gear, and I ended up falling and slipping on, <laughs> trying to walk, and then we got a ride from a stranger in a car, <laughs> yeah. and the car started sliding down the hill, like... This was not a good plan, but we made it out, and it was a great story. Yeah, now we made a, it alive. Yeah, not a good plan, but now it's a great story. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. It, we were a little nervous in the moment, but now we're glad it happens. So here's something I'm interested in. You talked about this a little bit earlier. Like, when you – Chile right now is, is having a rough time. Uh, yeah, I don't know much about what's going on, but I know that uh, there's a lot of uh, rioting down there. Why don't you tell us about what's happening Politically, we don't get into politics much, but we don't, especially international politics. We're stepping <laughs> our game up. Yeah, Chilean politics is fun for us, <laughs> I guess. So, w- what's going on? Well, uh, I mean, I, I don't think anybody really knows what's going on because it happened so fast and out of nowhere. So, it all started because the subway prices went up, I would say, like like 8%. Okay. So, Just overnight. Yeah, I mean, they they knew it was going to happen, but like people didn't really pay attention to it until it, it happened. And high school um, people, high school students start protesting, like start going to the subway and not paying. I think that happened in New York. Like, Oh, it's happened before. Well, it, yeah, I saw the news that it happened in New York, so people didn't um, stop paying and just like jump over yeah, the, yeah. the thing you, you have to pay. Mm-hmm. Turns and down. that started like on us. Uh, I would like on a Monday and then on Friday it, it got big um, with with the days and then the, that same Friday people like not only students were joining but a lot of like workers and people from everywhere and then that Friday night just went crazy and out of nowhere people started burning the subway stations they burned 89 subway stations Wow! out of I don't know maybe like 200 yeah. all burned down um, buildings <laughs> yeah, burning. burning buildings. It was just like crazy. You were watching the news, and for me, it was like this. This can be happening. Like h- how? Like it, places you know. Like for me, seen, I was just there, so yeah. I was looking at places that I just visited, and now it's on fire. And how I said it, like nobody really knew what happened. Um, so that was on a Friday. It went crazy, um, and the government put the army on the street. So usually we don't like. We don't have that, only like normal police on the street. Sure. But uh, they were probably overwhelmed by that they, point. They were, yeah. So the government put the the police on the street, uh, I mean the, the army. And on Saturday morning, it was like kind of normal. And then at, I would say like 3 p.m., it went crazy again. And the army like couldn't stop them anymore. Like they didn't shoot anybody. Sure. But they, like people weren't even afraid of them. 
Right. So they like they could have stopped them, but they just didn't want to go that they, far. Yeah, they didn't want to go that far. And that Sunday night, the government said that put this thing that's called toque de queda in Spanish. I don't know what's the name in English, but <laughs> it means that you can't go outside of your house from Cur- a curfew is what we call it. Yeah, yeah that you can't go outside from your house from um, 8 p.m. to like 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. Yeah. So the streets were, em- the, I mean, like people who respected it wasn't the people who was doing the the damage so so it didn't really help anything right and people who didn't who didn't respect it they were on the street still burning things and the army couldn't do anything really like they couldn't shut anybody so it just like kept going 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 and now so if you look back it all started because they wanted the subway prices and like one week after that happened the government said okay like we're gonna lower the prices so we're gonna keep keep the prices as they were before and the rights didn't stop and right. they kept going kept going and now if you hear like people what they're looking for it's like a hundred different things yeah. social security more jobs they want higher wages they want uh, free education free health so yeah, it, it's not it's not even possible yeah, yeah. well so it, it sounds like it started off with a legitimate you know gripe about the cost of subway prices yeah. but then some bad actors got involved and yeah. decided well, to mess, mess stuff up it's hard to because I would love and I, our other friend Italo is is a little bit of a different mindset and has different views than Andres and I was like Andres when we talk about this on a podcast like tell us factual information and not, like not give your opinion because we all have opinions and sure. and Italo has a little bit different view, a viewpoint on this and I would love to have him here and kind of him them hear them go back and forth because we're not saying who's right and who's wrong all we can see is what's happening right like the the riots the 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 violence like that stuff is hard not to look at I mean some of the videos that Andres just showed me like I looked at it and was like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, people are getting hurt. People are dying. Police are dying. Even some of these people that are doing the riots, they're dying. Like, I, I told Andres, is like, not many times in history has change been made with violence. Right. Like, there's a big, there's a lot of nonviolent, like, protests that have done well here in the United States. I mean, Martin Luther King was nonviolent, Gandhi, nonviolent. Like those guys made a really big impact without making any violence. So it just kind of hurts me to see such a beautiful place that I really, like really, really love and only visit a couple of times, but to see something like happening there is pretty scary and sad. Yeah. It's kind of interesting when stuff like that happens because you said now it's like a hundred different things. So like, people just like to glom onto the drama and say, Hey, we're part of this now. This is what we want. And it's, it's crazy how the mob mentality can take over. Yeah, we'll it's show you the videos afterwards. Like I looked at it. I was like, this would never happen in America. Uh, <laughs> you don't think it would? I mean, to this scale, I'll show you the video. I mean, yeah, it's, it's maybe. crazy. It's yeah. wild. Yeah. And I, you see like what people are asking for, like how you said it started because of the subway. And now people are like saying, we don't like, we don't like dogs from the street. So like it, it's <laughs> everything. Like yeah. we don't like, I don't know, like pollution. So stop pollutions. And they're asking the government to stop pollution from one day to another. Wow. So that's crazy. And um, I don't know really where this is going to end. Like exchange rate. It's going to end with Andres getting a job and, you know, <laughs> the US of A, baby. I would love that. Yeah. The, the exchange rate went <laughs> up like 35%. Uh, employment, unemployment rate went 85% in one month. So that's like, Crazy. If you think about it, eighty-five percent in one month. You're saying eighty-five percent unemployment. Unemployment from one month to another. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. When people don't have jobs, they find other ways to keep busy, like yeah. burning, burning subway stations. Unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's a tough situation, and <laughs> let's let's please bring this podcast up to a more positive note. Um, Andres, tell us a little bit about your dad. I think that's a really cool story that people would like to hear. <laughs> yeah, my dad is um, really, really old. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, not that, not that exactly, like but eighty years old. So my childhood was like kind of special for me. Mm-hmm. Like when my friends were like playing or doing stuff, I like I wasn't really doing that because my father was too old. But the good thing about him is that like he did a lot of sports when he was young. So, and he went to the Olympics, um, snow skiing Olympics. Wow. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's why we, uh, me and my sister started skiing, like, since we were really, really little. What, what Olympics did he go to? Um, like what a year? What year and what city? Do uh, I, I don't really know. Right. <laughs> it was that long it, it ago. Was before yeah. I was born. Before they had cameras. <laughs> they, they didn't even record probably. Yeah. It was like a long time ago. Yeah. So he was telling me that his dad 
went to one Olympics and then was training for the next and got into a pretty gruesome injury. Tell us about that. Yeah, he was training for, um, he did a long jump. I, I mean, I don't really know what's the, the name of each like test they have, but he, he did long jump and then he was um, training for slalom and he broke his his feet into, what was the name of that bone? Like tibia. The tibia into like 15 parts. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, and he spent two years um, in bed in hospital because he couldn't like recover from that injury. And I think it was like one day the doctor came in and said like, hey, if you don't recover in the next three months, you'll have to cut your leg. So you, you can move it, like we, you don't have any blood there anymore. So we'll have to do something, but if you keep like this, we're going to have to cut it. Wow. And he started reading books about uh, World War where German pilots jump from the plane and when they landed, when they like jump from the plane, they, they feet got broken the same as he, the same as he had. And he read that they put like a big needle inside his bone and told the doctor like, Hey, I want, I want you to do this to me. And the doctor said like, we don't do that here. <laughs> but he said like, okay, like it's that or my legs going to be cut. So yes, do it. And they did that to him. And after like a month and a half, he was walking again. <laughs> and, now, like, and now they do that here. Yeah, yeah, right. that and now it works. <laughs> and, that, and that saved his leg. Wow. But he amazing. lost his, he was um, enrolled into Portland school here. University of Portland. University of Portland. Uh-huh. And how he couldn't come because he couldn't walk. He lost that. So he couldn't finish school. And he, when he started walking again, he had to quit his, he had to get, get out of school because he had to pay his bills yeah. and got out of school and started working. So he, he ended could. up being pretty dang successful though. So it, the kids, if you break your leg, you can still be successful. <laughs> now he can walk now, but he's not doing anything. He didn't do anything athletic after that. I would imagine. No, he didn't do like, he still the, the, skied though, right? Yeah. He skied <laughs> until he was like probably okay. 75. Okay. So he still skied. He's yeah, he, he does, but not on the same level. Well, of course not. Yeah. Yeah. And when you crash, you said doing slalom, that, they get so slalom. much speed going. That would be a terrible crash. I, I've yeah. seen a few of those. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was crazy. I just thought that was like, I met, I've known, I knew Andres for like two years and didn't know that. And one day he just told me, I was like, what the hell, dude? That's a great story. That's cool. So he has Olympic level genetics, this guy. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So. Well, then we definitely have to get you up to Utah for some skiing, man. Oh, I'm I would telling love to. you. When, He'd leave us or, in the dust though. Oh, he would. I told the dude, when we got on the, like when we got to Bacona and he got on the skis and he started moving around. I was like, oh, this is different. Like, he know he really knows what he's doing. Right. And he's just like, yeah, just do this and do this. He, like, not coaching me well at all. <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, just go. He wanted me to go off the lift, the, like, the ski lift, when never being, ski, like, snowboarding or skiing before. He's like, yeah, you just put your foot here and you take off and then you go. You have to. And I'm like, Andres, Because they don't dude, stop the lift for yeah, you. Yeah, they don't. You got to like, figure Andres, it out. dude, <laughs> I don't even know how to stand on this thing. And he's like, oh, whatever. So... Three hours later, I see Andres down at the bottom of a mountain. He had been skiing for like three hours, and I'd just make my way down the mountain. So yeah, you should. I think skiing might have been easier to start. I've heard snowboarding is tough. Well, I I come from like a, like a skateboarding and surfing background, so okay. a little bit. Of, I have the balance, but it was more of the stopping and starting. Yeah. So I could get up and get going, but I picked up speed and know how to control the speed. Right. And when you have a lot of speed and you don't know how to control it, you usually end up on your face or on your butt. And I did that a lot. I'll bet. Yeah, yeah for, for me and my sister, skiing was like kind of um, special because, how I said, like the mountain is only maybe like an hour away from our house and my father really loved it. So when we were kids, we didn't have a choice. We had to go there and my father loved it so much that sometimes we skipped school. It was like a Sunday. We had to go back to, to our house and my father was like, no, the snow is really good. We're going to stay. <laughs> and we kept like, we That's stayed cool. there for the whole week. And yeah, we spent like all winter holidays there from, I would say like, well, seasons are changed there, but from maybe June to September going every weekend and all July there because of um, holidays. That's cool. So, and, but that really like got us tired with me and my sister. So we went from skiing every day, every weekend to not skiing at all for like three years because we, when we were kids, we didn't have a choice. And that year we had a choice to stay there. We were like, we're not doing this anymore. We were forced like to compete. I mean, not forced, but my father like really told us like, you should compete, you should compete. So we went into it. Yeah. And that 
that wasn't like the best way to yeah. to teach somebody. So he has a good tire. Sometimes the parents wanted too much for him. Like they wanted they wanted more than he does. Like obviously his dad wanted him to be very competitive in skiing and sure. kind of force fed the situation. Kind of like Brent Hodges' episode. We're talking yeah. about parents and sports. <laughs> well, I, as well, kind of the counter opposite. We went to Pukon, my first visit, and my second visit, we went to this place called Vichuken, yeah. which is like he has a house on a lake. So we went out to visit this house on the lake than last time and. And how long has your family had that house? And probably like fifty years, yeah, maybe so, more. So I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, there's gonna be a list like house and like blah blah blah. Like, okay, cool. I've, I've stayed in some sketchy places in my day. Wasn't expecting much. We roll up. This house is beautiful. It's right on the water. Like the views are amazing. Has like a sauna, but it, it seemed like, like the house was like maybe a house from the seventies. Yeah, like it was, it was very like retro. Like it but was it, old. It was still cool. Just kind of coming back into style. Yeah, exactly. Now, so you kind of felt like modern. huge deck that like led down to the water, and and this this house was absolutely amazing. Like Andres, tell us some about like like some of the best memories you have of that place. It was amazing. Yeah. So our, our life was like um, summer, which again this lake house, and winters the the mountain. So we spent all summer there, uh, growing up with my sister, and we did a lot of sports there as well. Um, what, that's where I learned water skiing, aka two hundred pound weighted pull up. <laughs> yeah, right. We did a lot of motocross there as well. Okay. So my father was also a lot into um, like cross uh, motocross, motocross, yeah, yeah. and and do I don't know what's the name in English, but <laughs> maybe but uh, motocross <laughs> uh, and. Um, we played tennis there as well. So it was like all summer doing sports, different types of sports. Uh, yeah, that's what, where we went with Riley. Yeah. He, I mean, Andres, if you haven't noticed that he grew up being very, very active and this guy, I mean, he's pretty fit and he comes into a thing like CrossFit and he, it's very, it comes very natural to him because I think he just learned so many other different movement patterns. Like what he said, he played, what was it? Rugby, you played track and field, you played I mean, water skiing, like snow skiing. Yeah. Uh, like I could give tennis, like it goes on and on. Like, so he finds a thing like CrossFit is like, uh, he just went with it and ran with it. Yeah. So I'd like to talk a, like a lot about the differences that you see in like CrossFit in Chile and the CrossFit in the United States and, and don't throw anybody on the bus, but just <laughs> maybe just talk about the things that you really like about CrossFit in America and things that you like about CrossFit in Chile. Yeah. Um, you see that like CrossFit started here and I think we picked like the wrong part of it in Chile. So CrossFit has been around in Chile maybe for the last, I would say like um, seven years, like big, maybe maybe less. And what I like CrossFit ab- from CrossFit about here, it's that um, coaches or just like the sport is really focused on the regular member instead of those like good athletes. In Chile, we only focus like on the good people and people who like don't have technique or don't aren't really fit. The the class isn't like towards them. So you people who aren't really good get tired of the sport really fast. You see like Instagram pages of um, gyms in Chile. They're all like PRs, like people lifting weights. But you see the media here and see just like regular people lifting regular weights. So that's like I think that. C- takes the sport near people so like it makes them a different approach than we have in chile and i think that's what like i really like crossfit about crossfit here and what made me like like it so much so a big difference that i saw when we went down the first time to visit in the gym in chile number one they can't drop the weights on the ground so that was huge we visited this gym and we won't name them but it was different for me because they had these almost like pillows that you had to put beside your barbell. Yeah. So like every time all you members that love the ghost ride, the bar from over your head down to the ground, you can't do that there. Because some of these CrossFit gyms are in like commercial buildings, like businesses work there. So like dropping the bars over and over again, like disrupts this building. Yeah. Like, well, that, that gym was pretty special because like on the third floor of that building was a um, sleeping clinic. <laughs> so, <laughs> we we can't be, fall asleep at all these damn barbells. Yeah, we had to be really careful with That's our funny. weights. Yeah. That's funny. But, but in general, you, you, in most gyms, they don't want you dropping the weights just because um, some damaging. of them, but the, only the gyms that are in like commercial buildings. But yeah. still, like people there, um, take care a lot of the take care of the care of the equipment, so they don't want bars to be dropped. Yeah. Sure. So every time I look at someone, they drop a barbell, I, like twinge a little bit because <laughs> you have to drop them on pillows in Chile. <laughs> yeah, I probably ghost ride a little too much myself. So. Yeah. Well, you got to be careful because the plates will blow out. I know. I'm 
I'll try. Not you individually, but everyone. That One has to this. be careful. I get it. Yeah. I think, I think it's interesting too, when you're talking about like super competitive gyms, I've heard of even gyms here in America where like the culture just got so toxic because it was all about competition and there was no room for anybody that didn't compete. And that's one thing I love about fury is we've got bomb squad and those guys, I mean, you guys are great athletes, but it doesn't feel like, you know, you're not accessible. I mean, you guys are doing your workouts and that's great and everything, but you're also coaches here. So you're mm. helping people like me and my wife and yeah. other people. So. Actually, one of our, uh, uh, one of our bomb squad members helped your son get their first double under. Today. Yes. Harrison got two double unders. Yes. today. Thanks Shout to, out to Emma. Co- yeah. Coach Emma. Man, I don't that's know if, huge. if Emma listens, she's going to have to now. Well, so we talked to her. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, Harrison, if you know him and you do, he's not real animated about anything. Mm. He's been jacked up all evening about getting two double unders and that's rare. It's fun to see that. Well, I just think it's important. And this is from an athlete's perspective, uh, on bomb squad. Like, again, that is something that fills my cup. That makes me happy, like to compete at that level. But the same thing that Andres is is talking about is like that everyday person. That's where my passion is, is helping those people realize their potential and realizing and learning things that they didn't know about themselves. Like that fills my cup. And if that's not what your CrossFit business model is, kind of built around just a matter of time for it folds. Like you can't, so I don't think you can support many gyms off of that competitive kind of platform. It's, it, it'll, it'll be good for a while, but eventually it'll fold. And a lot of gyms are showing us that that isn't very yeah. successful. Yeah. Yeah. Do they have dress codes in any of the gyms down there? <laughs> no, <laughs> dude. It's wild down there, dude. They actually encourage less clothing down well, there? Well, it's South America, dude. They they, they have different standards of, of things there or down everything, there. yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're a little bit more wild down That's there. Funny. Yeah. Do you think that you ever move to the United States? I would love to. Like, That's my goal. Would you like to be a coach? What would you want to do if you moved here? Like, He's way too smart for that. He's overqualified. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really know. Like... That's what I think I, I talk with Riley a lot. Like, I don't know where my life is going right now. I'm, I'm working for this big company in Chile. I don't really like it, but I'm like, still doing it because mm. like I'm learning and, but I don't know what path I want to follow. Yeah. So I'm just like searching now. We were in, talking about this paradigm of, of Andres has kind of gone into this big, like, I don't know, nine to five or commercial business industry where, he works a lot of hours and is pretty successful financially, but doesn't have the time to spend his money. And I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum of like, has a lot of free time, but doesn't make a lot of money. Like, I'm not like driving a Tesla or anything, don't get me wrong, but uh, but yeah, that, that paradigm and like a lot of people I think are in that position right now. Right. Like our age or anyone really is like, what this happy, happy, wealthy scale of like, okay, do you want to work really hard to have a lot of money, but kind of like your work-life balance is off or do you want to choose a career path where you have a lot of free time but you you don't have as much money to to spend like right that's such a that's such a tough predicament because i think some people live uh work their whole lives oh shoot what happened nothing we're good okay some people work their whole lives and they don't they don't realize or they don't ever have the chance to enjoy life andres do you get down is are chileans in debt a lot down there or they try to live within their means. So that's one of the things I think that happens to America is we want to get the next big thing. So we buy a car we can't afford, we buy a house we can't afford. No, we have the same problem in Chile. Same. A lot, yeah, a lot of people buy stuff with money they don't have and that just kills you. Like, And they're buying everyday stuff with money they don't have, like going to the supermarket with credit and that like, that's the formula they, I mean, to I mean, they need fail. that. They're not buying things that are... I mean, probably they do have the money to buy those stuffs, but they they're not uh, they're not like financially educated, right. so they don't really know how it works. Yeah. Uh-oh. Sorry, <laughs> I can't read that right now. Oh, okay. So, Sorry, really yes, yeah, so they don't all yeah. that up. Sorry. Yeah, I think that's one way to ensure happiness is if you just getting in debt's like the worst thing. We mm. should do a debt episode. Oh, or we should, get, even we should get Slager on here and do a financial one. Yeah, that'd be a good one. He needs to help me, dude. I need all the help I can get. All right, let's get, uh, let's get Andres' final words because we've got 12 minutes. One more thing, one more thing, one more thing. Andres, let's tell these people what you've eaten since you've been in the United States. What I've eaten? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Riley has cooked to me, has cooked, <laughs> has cooked to me, yeah. Um, rice with 
turkey, <laughs> 99 cents turkey. <laughs> Hold on. There was a special at Sprouts where a certain brand of turkey was only 99 cents. So using my brain, I bought about eight. <laughs> I bought eight pounds of this turkey for $8. And that's pretty much my meal. Well, you went some other places. Oh, I went in and out. <laughs> What'd you eat at in and out? Double, double animal style. <laughs> yes. I was like, dude, that's about as American as it gets. It doesn't get more American <laughs> than that. <laughs> right? Um, what else? You, uh, you've done a lot of shopping here. What yeah. have you bought? What was your best purchase? Blue tennis shoes. Well, no, those are my shoes that oh. he's going to buy for me. Yeah. Um, they look good. I think, I, yeah, I bought a lot of um, winter clothes. That's like pretty much what I can find now. Mm. But now it's summer in Chile, so I won't be able to use it until like six months. He is, uh, well, first of all, about two weeks ago, Andres asked for my address. He's like, yeah, do you mind if I send some things to your house from Amazon? I'm like, yeah, dude, I don't care, two or three things. About 10 packages later, <laughs> Andres is now a mule that is shipping all of these things back to Chile with him. I'm like, I didn't order any of this stuff. Like, I forgot for a minute. And then all these boxes from Amazon started stacking up. I'm like, Andres, what are you doing? And then he's like, he's been taking some shopping trips and buying presents. And I don't know how he's going to get all of his stuff home. Mm. Just I, came with an empty suitcase, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I came with two. But it's crazy here because um, until you can buy maybe like all of most of the brand of the brands you find here, but not as much variety as you can find here. Right. So I don't know. We have like one shirt, three colors. Here you have the same shirt, eighty nine colors. <laughs> wow. Like Medcons, we only get black black Medcons. Here, nice. yeah, like you can choose between like a hundred different types of Medcons, especially like the blue ones. The ones I'm wearing right now that Riley gave gave <laughs> well, to me. Oh man, he said it on the podcast. So I guess it's real, <laughs> but. Like Michael was saying earlier, we like to end this with like a final words or like something you think people need to hear or, or just anything important. Like, what do you think is important to you right now? Well, that's, that's a lot of pressure to put it, on me. It but, is. Um, about what? Well, what about having good friends? <laughs> now, yeah, um, I'm like really grateful of, of meeting Riley in, in Colombia. He really was like, our South Carolina. Like, yeah, in no, South not Carolina. Columbia. No, not, not Columbia, South, South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, yeah, Columbia, <laughs> South Carolina. Um, it was really, really special for me and Italo because it was like our only true friend we had there. So and I, as I said, we spent all day there. And every time our my mother called me or Italo's mother called him, we said like, oh yeah, we're at the gym with Riley. So way before Riley went there, our family knew him. He knew he was like, um, like taking us to places. We went to Charleston. We took, <laughs> a, we took a big trip to Charleston before moving back to Chile. The, the last weekend we were in the States, we, we went to Charleston and we spent like three, four days with him. Mm-hmm. And just like, it, it meant a lot for us. Like whenever we talk with, with Italo about our state in state, we have to mention Riley, like he was part of us. I'm not paying him to say this, by the way. No, I believe it. He talks about you a lot too. So yeah, I think he's been looking forward to this episode for a long time. Yeah, the importance of just like having or giving someone a shot. Like, I mean, Andres and Italo weren't weren't people I knew. They came into my gym. They didn't know who who was who. Yeah, but I mean, just being genuine and being honest with people and just inviting them in. Like that's the challenge I think from this is like I've established this beautiful relationship friendships with people i've been across the world i've been to places i never thought i could imagine of the beauty of with these people that i've seen just because i gave someone a chance yeah or like just invited someone in so like do that more often like give someone a chance you never know what can happen you can take you across the world or you can just have a good friend like yep. you never know love that yeah so uh, hell yeah bro well, we appreciate you joining us and uh, we're, this is our first international episode yeah baby. we missed a worldwide no right. thank you like, it, it was great and thank you for having me here have a safe flight back man yeah thanks man